The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, and welcome back to Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander, and right across from me is the one, the only, Tammy the Sasquatch Underwood, looking very hairy today. Say girl, Tammy. Uh-huh. Wow. Not even a <laughs> laugh or anything. What a twat. That was like staying alive oh, right there. <laughs> no, I thought you were going to start singing staying alive. <laughs> yeah, no. I know I don't have testicles, but I don't sound that high in my voice. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody can stand yeah. it, sound as high as Andy. I, yeah, I mean, I don't sing soprano or falsetto, so. Yeah, nah, me neither. All right, so give it to me. We have, I've never actually heard of this one before. You know, I think I remember a little bit about it, but maybe I'm wrong. It might be a different one that I'm thinking about. But this is a whodunit Wednesday, because, you know, hump day. What day is it? What what, what day is it, Bob? Bob? <laughs> remember that? Yeah, but I'm not getting humped, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a little jealous of the, I'm a little jealous of the camel. Yeah, well, you And know, its toe, a, and its toe. You know, <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you about the dream I had. <laughs> it was weird. You were dreaming of camel toes? In a roundabout way, yeah. <laughs> Goddamn. Um, Don't use drugs, kids. Don't use drugs. I know, drugs. right? I mean, it was such a bizarre dream. But anyways, no. Camels always get humped. Sometimes twice. <laughs> Is it by the camel jockeys? Maybe. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> anyways. They do have attractive toes. <laughs> You're so <laughs> this are you done, baby? I can't see your face, so I, I got I got to blow my nose anyway. So I have that, man. Okay, good. We were talking about this earlier. Is the fucking out? My God, damn, the pollen is just fucking. Normally, it takes like about I don't know, two weeks to a month for my allergies just to chill out, right? Yeah. And I have been consistently just dying for the last month and a half. See, at least you're lucky enough. You can take allergy pills to kind of alleviate that. A little bit. Now, I don't go through the coughing fits like you do, but I mean, my eyes sometimes like water continuously, like I can't stop crying. It's it's really bad. I've been told many times, "Why are you crying?" It's like I'm not, bitch. <laughs> because the camel's toe looks sad. <laughs> Somebody should go play with it, make it happy. <laughs> like my basset's eyes. <laughs> I love your basset now, man. I know. Jeff was awesome. Anyways, so um, this is actually uh, a set of murders that happened in Virginia called the Colonial Parkway Murders. Um, so this this was a string of double homicides, which occurred within approximately a 30-mile radius during the weekends or holidays. And they were attributed to an unknown serial killer because of their proximity to each other. So not what I thought this was going to be. Like, I'm thinking, like, somebody, you know, had a big powdered wig on and went, you shall be killed <laughs> that, that today. That would be the colonial courtroom murder. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Thou shalt die on this highway. <laughs> <laughs> Thou hast sinned. <laughs> Your sin is being camel toe free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I haven't read through this one yet, so I'm wondering if we can, like, kind of debunk whether it was the ser- same serial killer or not, like we have before. Um, 
Oh my gosh. Okay, so the researcher actually numbered these in Spanish. I was like, what does she mean by uno? Okay, uno. Murder, muerte numero uno. How's that? <laughs> you sound just like a white girl when you say that. I know just I saying do. That, <laughs> Trying to be Hispanic, right? <laughs> anyway. Yes. <laughs> Shut up. So on... Um, this starts with a uh, 27-year-old Kathy Thomas. She was a graduate of the Naval Academy. And 21-year-old um, Rebecca uh, Dowski, who went by Becky, she was a student at the College of William and Mary. Hmm. Um, it sounds they, like a... That's a it's starting to sound, already sound like a nursery rhyme. I know, God. It's fucking bizarre. Okay, keep, keep, keep on going, because this weird. is just getting weirder and weirder by the fucking second. Okay, so these are actually considered the first two known victims of these murders. Um, Kathy and Becky had been actually, they had been dating for a while. They were nice lesbians. Um, and then she said, oh my god, Becky, look at her butt. <laughs> I know. Um, before they went missing on October 9th, 1986. Now, considering the year, it's kind of um, how they made that correlate, you know, that they were out. You know what I mean? Because okay, that yeah. was still around the time that it was still kind of taboo. But still hot. Yeah, you've always thought it was hot, though. I have. <laughs> I'll admit, it is kind of. Um, the, the two of them were seen leaving the campus computer lab together. And approximately three days later, their bodies were found fully clothed inside uh, Kathy's white 1980 Honda Civic. Um, it had been pushed down in an embankment off the Colonial Parkway in Williamsburg toward the York River. Um, both of them were bound with rope, had been strangled, and their throats were slit. Christ, man. I know, dude. Leave the lesbian alone, Why motherfucker. Why strangle somebody, then slice their throat? I don't know. Some people are overachievers. Unless that's trying to hide the fact that they had been strangled. I don't know. Overachievers. Um... Let's see. A clump of hair was found in Kathy. Oh, in Kathy's hand between her fingers, indicating that she might have struggled with her attacker. Now, if this evidence, side note from the researcher, if this evidence was preserved and in fact the attackers, it could prove critical solving the case should any leads emerge, right? Um, at the time, I mean, when the investigators were invest, when the detectives were investigating, they couldn't find any evidence of a robbery or a rape. However, they did notice that diesel fuel had been poured over their bodies and the car, but it failed to catch fire. Which I've seen that in a couple of cases. Um, Laura Petler, a forensic criminologist, uh, noted that Kathy and Becky's murders had the earmarks of a victim-offender relationship, okay? And she explains it this way. Statistically, a lot of the personal attacks that we have on victims close to their faces are someone they knew. The, the wound to Becky's neck is nowhere near the degree that the wound to Kathy's neck is. Becky's wound isn't as deep as Kathy's. They're very, very different in force and intensity. Now, former FBI agent Jim, Jim Clemente, Clemente stated that Kathy's wallet was found open and face down on the floorboard of the driver's side. 
And he said, that tells me that either they were getting ready because they thought they were pulled over by a police officer or a park ranger or whoever approached them pretended to be one. Okay? Um, that would give the offender the opportunity to actually get the girls out of the car, lean them against the car, perhaps handcuff them. And that would ultimately, however, the case ultimately went cold due to the lack, any lack of, le- I mean, the significant lack of leads. Um, then with murder number dos, <laughs> um, on September 19th, 1987, which was, oh, a, almost a year later, um, 20 year old David, okay, I don't even want to say it. And his younger brother. Oh, no. You tell. <laughs> okay. 20-year-old David Knobling <laughs> took his little brother. His, I've already skipped some connections. I know. His cousin and a 14, and 14-year-old Robin Edwards to the movies in the arcade. After he... I don't know. After he dropped her off that... Oh, it must have been Robin. After he dropped Robin off that evening, she actually snuck back out of her house to go meet him. Because he was goblins. <laughs> he was noblin. Noblin. <laughs> Anyways, I can't even do it. And Robin actually had a history of running away, and her family had initially thought that that's what she had done again. Um, sources later state... Oh, sources state that it's unclear what the two were doing together. Um, I'm sure we can speculate. Hello. There is only one reason why a 14-year-old girl would sneak out of her house in the middle of the night to meet a 20-year-old man. Right? Oh, my God. I can't believe that you uh, are that no, kind of a person. No, it was your researcher. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. This goes for our researcher, too. Man, look, they were reading the Bible. He, she really loved Jesus a lot. And they were sitting back and... This and he was guy. If he was apostolizing to her. That's right. He's a, and if we turn to First Corinthians, and he was, he was reading her stories from the Bible. First opinions and second opinions. <laughs> oh my God, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> Anyways, so David actually worked at his father's landscaping business, and he had a longtime girlfriend, and she was expecting a baby. So he must have been a cheater. <laughs> he wasn't. He was just he, he was just reading the Bible. Yeah, he was for this guy alone. Yeah, man. he was mentoring, huh? That's right. So, anywho, the crime scenes were about thirty minutes apart from the first. The second one was about thirty minutes from the first one. Due to the proximity, the cases were actually linked right away, which you know, shocking. The next day, David's Black Ford Ranger had was found in the parking lot of it's called the Ragged Ragged Island Wild Refugee along the James River. Hey, well, you know what? Remember this: you don't have to live like a refugee. <laughs> you just have to die by one. No. You just have to die by, by by the refugee park. Yeah. So it. Uh, when they found the vehicle, the windshield wipers were going, and the radio was on. Some of the clo- some clothing was actually found inside the vehicle, but it doesn't specify what type of clothing or who it belonged to. It was my it was my brown panties, the black the brown lacy ones. 
Because I like to feel pretty. You are, kind of. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's a, I feel super duper pooper trooper. <laughs> Two days after that, on the 22nd, um, somebody found David and Robin's bodies. They had washed up on the shore by David's... Fa- oh, actually, excuse me. David and Robin's bodies were found washed up on the shore by his father and the rest of a search party he was with. They had yeah. been shot execution style in the head. That makes me sad. Here he okay. is. He's, he's reading her stories from the Bible. He's trying to baptize her. And then they get shot. That's, a, that's messed up. See, I'm already seeing that they might not be linked. Because they're two different M.O.'s. Yeah, the first one was a lesbian couple. And the second one was a guy just trying to read Bible stories to a 14-year-old yeah, girl. And then the first two were strangled and had their throats slit. And these two were just shot. Mm-hmm. With no other explanation on any other injuries. So... Then she goes on to say, trace, but no trace. (laughs) She's kind of funny. So on April 10th, 1988, Christopher Newport University students, Richard Call, 20-year-old Richard Collis, he went by the name Keith, I don't know why, and 18-year-old Cassandra Haley vanished after they had attended a party together in Newport News. That was actually their first date together. The next day, um, Keith's Toyota Celica was found at at a York River Overlook about approximately one mile away from where Kathy and Becky were murdered two years before. Keith and Cassandra's wallet and purse were found, along with most of their clothing inside the car. The bodies were never found, but they are presumed dead, obviously. Um, murder number quattro. Following the Labor Day weekend on September 5th, 1989, these are all like a year apart. Well, yeah, man. It takes time to plan out a murder. I like this guy already. Oh, except for the April one, but still. Following uh, April, um, September 5th, 1989, 21-year-old Daniel Lauer and 18-year-old Anna Maria Phelps went missing. The two were headed to Virginia Beach, but they weren't a couple. Anna Maria was dating Daniel's brother, Clint. His goal and... um, Daniel's gold 72 Chevy Nova. You know, those never sold in Mexico. Just saying. Oh, okay. I, I never bought cars in Mexico. So. No, no. I'm just saying the Chevy Nova never sold in Mexico because no bomb means no go. Just had to say it. Gotcha. Anywho. Yeah. His gold 1972 Chevy Nova was found at the I-64 New Kent rest stop. Just abandoned there. This was confusing as that meant they were headed in the opposite direction from there where they said they were going. That's because they were actually getting ready to make some love. Yeah, huh? So then on October 19th, a little over a month later, their decom- badly decomposed bodies were found by hunters about a- approximately a mile from when Daniel's car was discovered. They were wrapped in a blanket that had come from Daniel's car and technically their cause of death remains unknown but forensics suggest that Daniel may have been stabbed and Anna Marie had nicks on the bones of her hands Daniel was carrying approximately six to eight hundred dollars cash 
from painting jobs, so robbery may have either been a motive or a bonus. Okay, look, this is Dr. Scott speaking. My official cause of death is uh, they were dying, they, they, they died because they were murdered. <laughs> they were murdered dead. Killed dead, right? Killed them to death. Killed them to death. So, um, there's some other potential victims. On December 4th, 1987, 25-year-old Brian, oh God, Pettinger, or Pettinger, <laughs> I don't know. I was Pettinger too. I know. From Newport News, Virginia, went missing after leaving a party from the Ballroom Dance Club in Hampton. I have a ballroom myself. I know. Is it anything like your boating room? <laughs> it's mostly just, never mind, from a balls, but... <laughs> You have more than two that you hang in your pants? Don't judge me. <laughs> are they prosthetic? Do you switch them out? <laughs> Don't judge me. Some of them are glittery. Pretty... <laughs> now I'm judging you. <laughs> Pretty nuts, huh? Oh, wait. Are they Ben Wobbles? <laughs> Sorry. I have a pair of those. They're the size of bowling balls. Oh, my God. Ow. Now, his car was found the next day in a Newark North shopping center parking lot. Uh, two months later, on February 3rd, 1988, his body was discovered floating in the James River near the mouth of, oh shit, Chuckatuck Creek. <laughs> Fuck me. He was hogtied with his wrists and ankles tied together and a rope around his neck, wearing only his socks and a dress shirt. The autopsy revealed blunt force trauma to the back of his head and that he was alive when he was thrown in the river and drowned. The only suspect in this case who was seen leaving the studio with Brian killed himself. Okay. God damn. I know, right? So two months after that, after Brian's body was found, 18-year-old Lori Ann Powell went missing after an argument she had with her boyfriend, Chris Cutler, on March 9, 1988. Now, Lori had demanded that he drop her off at the... I always mispronounce this word. Gloucester? Okay. County Line? Oh, no. The County Little Sioux Store. What? Oh, I guess it's a local grocery store chain. I was like, what the fuck? And then it told me. Now, she started walking home along Route 614, but was never seen alive again. She was found in April near Craney Island. She was naked and had been stabbed five times in the back. Her, her boyfriend, of course, was automatically a suspect. That's a given. And he did fail a lie detector test. However, he was never charged. Um... The researcher's note says his girlfriend had been murdered and he was a suspect. I would have been more concerned if he had passed the test with flying colors, a.k.a. maintained a level heartbeat. I agree with that. To some extent. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Depends on how soon after he found out that she was gone that he, you know. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. So, um... Chris later told a reporter named Andy Fox when asked if he had killed Lori, he said, no, I failed the lie detector test because every time I hear her name, my blood boils. I get it. Completely. So, although these two cases aren't double homicides, 
they did occur within the hunting radius and within a time frame of the Colonial Parkway murders. In addition, a private investigator named Ron Little, who was originally from New Zealand, he was a Kiwi, appointed himself as a spokesperson for the Powell family. Now, Ron had worked his way up to the top to be a co-owner of Liberty Security and then changed the company name to Advanced Security. Now, Ron began his own investigation into the deaths of both Lori and and Brian. And Brian had Brian had worked at, with the company when it was still Liberty Security. Okay? And he was a friend of Ron Little's. Got it. So, Lori Ann had worked as his secretary slash receptionist. You know, the second set of victims. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Remember the second set of victims? Question yes. mark. Coincidentally, Robin's mother... Bonnie Edwards also worked at Liberty Security. She did it. Now, Ron, it's her. Yeah. Now, Ron Little has definite connections to three separate murder cases. And the researcher says, I can't help remembering John, Jim Clemente's statement about evidence indicating the victims of the first case may have thought their murderer was a cop. Security guard, cop. Oh, private investigator. There came badges, too. Now, Ron Little was deported back to New Zealand in August of 1989. Deport them all. (laughs) But before he did, he actually composed a six-page letter, which he sent to numerous talk shows, news stations, and government officials, including George Bush, which would have to be the first one, senior. In which he accused the FBI of targeting him as a suspect and of IN and INS of harassment. At the end of which he alluded there was a federal agent who needed to be investigated. The FBI denies that Little wasn't on their radar until he wrote that letter. Now, Special Agent Jim Waters stated, quote, I don't even want to justify that man's accusations with a statement. The FBI has interrogated hundreds of people in connections with these cases. The only one pointing a finger at Little is Little himself. And he seems to be doing it in a big way. Sound familiar? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Now, here's a side note. These murders might not be as well known as some others. But mention of them did find their way into some trip advisory reviews one person in 2013 wrote quote there is no toll or charge but it is run by the forest service so don't get caught speeding and you might want to keep a lookout for the colonial parkway murderer of the 80s he was never caught then three years later another reviewer commented how it was quote beautiful and yet one of the scenes of a serial killer that has never been solved and featured in one of Patricia Cornwell's earlier novels. No worries now, although I wouldn't go there at night. Huh. Though as forensic psychologist Catherine Ramsland, I do not like her, says there are plenty of people who would visit the area for that exact reason. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know you would too. I would. 
Yeah. And uh, maybe do a little bit of serial killing while I'm out there. Right, right. Well, I don't like Catherine Ramsling because she's the one that said all those bad things about Carl Panzram, which were totally oh, conflicting yeah. what we found in our research. Yeah, no, that, I, I'm remembering her now. Yeah. yeah. I don't care if they say she's an expert or not. Yeah, yeah it's like she's a, a lot hack. of what... I mean, she didn't take in his childhood or anything into consideration she just took his actions in the moment you know and any good psychologist worth their salt takes in the whole picture yep. so i don't like her sorry Catherine, if that offends you but oh well i don't care if it offends her or not <laughs> well eat like a bag said, of dicks, oh well <laughs> and if you don't like what i say call me <laughs> i just i just say eat a bag of dicks because <laughs> i'm at that point with my allergies and just not feeling good that you know i don't care Fuck them. Fuck them all. Fuck everyone. I'm moody, cranky, I'm irritable. Really? <laughs> I couldn't tell. <laughs> it's amazing coming from me, right? I know. Now, we're almost done with this one, so hopefully you have a little bit to ask me. Now, actually, I have some questions for you. Are we looking for a single serial killer who didn't care so much about who the victims were, only that they were vulnerable or are separate, or do you think they are separate crimes? Very separate. Yeah, me too. Very, very, very separate. Yeah. The modus operandi don't match up. No. The I victim mean, profiles don't match no. up. Nothing about the victims ma- really match up except that they're done in twos. Yeah. Well, except for those one, those other, those two uh, potential ones, but I don't think they were involved at all, period. Um, yeah, but I don't, I think the only thing that links them is the, the vicinity in which they were killed you know what i mean yeah i agree all three instances they're i mean the mo is different everything different you know so yeah so if we're looking for a serial killer then should brian pettinger and Lori and powell be classified as additional victims we're looking for two different ones so wait well they said if we are looking yeah, but, but, we're, but we're not. <laughs> you don't even want to discuss it, huh? No. It's, it's, it's yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't have, even if we there was one, I don't think that they should have been included at all. Yeah, no, it's just, it's just fucking, it's, it's yeah. stupid. It's ludicrous, yeah. man. We're, it's, it's, two, it's, it's at least two different killers, and it's, it's not one person, you know, because with any serial killer, what, what defines a serial killer? It's a relatively same killings. Right. With a cooling off period. Yes. Over a period of time. Correct. Okay. These have very different MOs right. as far as the victim profile and things. Like, I mean, seriously, how many serial killers have you found that would do almost total opposites? Like, I'm going to murder lesbians yeah. and then go, you know what? No, I'm going to murder a couple. straight couple. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm going to murder a guy with a 14 year old girl. Right. Um, or a guy with his, you know, Girlfriend, his brother's girlfriend. Yeah, that's it's fucking stupid. Yeah, and and not only that, let's look at it this way: the first two victims, the lesbian lovers, were fully clothed, strangled, throats cut. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second group of victims, partially, I mean, practically nude, and you know, shot in, shot the, in head. the head. Yeah. The other two victims, nude, again, because their clothes were found in his car. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's nothing. To link them. Yeah, it's stupid. For for any agency to say that those are all the same. Yeah. Unless there's unless there's evidence that was left at each one that hasn't hasn't been released that links them. 
Yeah, like some sort of signature or something. Yeah. Uh, other than that, it's just fucking stupid. They're all the same. No, they're, you know what? You motherfuckers need to call Rochester PD as well. Yeah. Because they'll, you know, Rochester, New York, they'll, they'll, they'll solve that shit for you. Yeah, I think you're just linking them as serial killers because, you know, you're not coming up with any leads to, you know, point to one specific individual for each one. Uh, exactly, exactly. I think that they're, they're linking it together. Mm-hmm. That way they're, they have something to appease the public. Right. And I also believe the, um, the criminologist for the first one, that I believe that, you know, the... F- Kathy was murdered by somebody she personally knew. Yeah, which would make sense with yeah. the with the with the uh, uh, the attack wounds on her. Yeah, exactly. And I believe that her girlfriend was just you know collateral damage. You know. Uh, I, yeah, one hundred percent. Like I said, I, mean, I always recommend the Rochester, New York PD because of uh, uh, Arthur Shawcross. Or you recommend um, Greg? What's his name in? Um, England. England. Yeah. I, can't re- I can never remember his I gotta last write down name. Constable his name. Greg something. I'm g- I want to put his name and that judge's name on a sticky note on my computer. The other one's Judge, judge Justice something. Those two. Yeah. You know, okay. Here's a fair warning to all you criminals out there, especially in England. If you think that you're going to get away with shit, if you got this fucking detective that we're talking about and that judge on your case. Yeah. You ain't doing nothing, buddy. Yeah. Especially <laughs> if you're in the medical field. <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt, man. And for breakfast, he had uh, he he had eggs and bacon, and the, the the fork he used had a small scratch on the underside, approximately and two uh, two centimeters below the top, and it was in a cross shape. And the eggs were poached like slightly hard. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the, this motherfucker's going to be able to tell you absolutely <laughs> goddamn everything about your life. When he was five years old, he kicked four grains of sand out of a sound bit sandbox. Dude's good. Yeah. Dude's fucking See, good. He's like Chunk from the Goonies only, you know. Oh, total, man. Yeah. I'm I'm afraid to c- commit a crime anywhere because they might sick this motherfucker on me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now um, the final question. Um, do you think that Ron Little could be... Uh, Involved in the killings, um, or is he just simply extra motivated because he had a personal relationship with three people who were murdered, and that's that's something he's trained to do, is find, you know. I think he's just extra motivated, man. Yeah. I think that they, because think about it, they're saying, this must be a serial killer, and then they find somebody who has, has a commonality. Right. And they're like, oh, it must be this guy, and this dude's like, motherfucker, I didn't kill nothing but... The only thing I'm slaying is some pussy. Right. Well, and not only that is there was nothing to say what he was deported for. Probably for being white without a license. God, you're so stupid. <laughs> Instead of walking while black. That's exactly it right there, man. No, because, I mean, it's like they didn't say why he was deported. Now, was it a violent person-to-person crime? Was it a drug crime? Well, you know, was it embezzling? What? I thought they thought they thought he was a Mexican, so they had to deport him. <laughs> Ron Little from New Zealand. Hey, people make mistakes. New Zealand, Mexico, that's the same, 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 right? Same, same, same. same. Both, both Southern Hemisphere. Same, same. <laughs> You're so stupid. <laughs> yeah, so, um, do you have any questions for me? Yes. No. Whoa, what do you think I was going to say? I don't even want to say it. Never mind. Good. If a train leaves Boston, train leaves. <laughs> I hated those questions. 
Those were the worst prop word problems ever. You know what gets me is I thought those would end in high school until I got went to college. I was gonna say no, they continue. And then you're just, you're looking at your professor, thinking to, your, to yourself, uh, "Fuck yourself! I hate you." That's yeah. what I hate. I had you. those in my accounting classes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, similar one, not quite that, but it's very similar. It's like you have got to be fucking kidding me. If two planes are flying in the sky and they both crash over the border of uh, Nevada and Utah and they land exactly on the border, where did they bury the survivors? They don't. They're survivors. Oh, you're one of the few people who got that one. People um, go, you know what, though? I heard that, you know, the cemetery you have up here? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that people living in Oregon can't be buried there. Really? Why not? Because they're living, dumbass. Oh, duh. <laughs> My grandpa got me with that one every single time we passed the cemetery in Hillsboro. Every time. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I feel fucking retarded as shit now. <laughs> All right. Well, you ready to wrap this one up so we can get to the next one? I am, one? totally. <clears throat> Sorry. Remember, you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Bean on Medium, and wherever you get your blogs. Get the full story without any of my bullshit added onto it. That's right. No Mexican jokes, no deportation jokes, no fucking where do you bury the survivor jokes, none right. of me over here pinching my nipples and masturbating. And extra and then, information that we don't include in the podcast for a time lot sake. And a lot of pictures. A lot Lots of pictures. of pictures. I always try to do a lot of pictures. Except I'm kind of sad at your pictures. Why? There's none of me wearing nothing but nipple tassels and a kilt. That's because you won't put them on for me. I'm, I'm still waiting for you to put on the tutu, too. I'm going to be fabulous. You, Yeah, I know. This show's copyrighted 2022 by Pussy Blue LLC. All rights reserved. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.